a special edition of Glass City Game Time, one of America's great sports podcasts brought to you by The Blade. My name is Corey Crisson, and thanks for listening in to this special edition. It's the All Blade Girls and Boys Basketball Reveal Podcast as we unveiled the teams Saturday on ToledoBlade.com. And here on Sunday, we dropped the podcast to go along with the print version of the All Blade teams. And the master crafter behind those All Blade teams joins me today. It is Blade Sports writer Steve Junga. Hello, Steve. How are you, Corey? I'm okay. I'm trying to enjoy the quarantine life as best as I can. We're all working through it together. I talked about it with Kyle Rowland on our previous podcast episode where I'm playing probably more video games than I would care to admit. So trying to work through it just as much as anybody else is. So uh, how about you? How's things things your way? I'm an old school guy that doesn't play video games. So I got to be more creative with uh, how I pass my time. We do things like crossword puzzles and solitaire and good documentaries on television. So what documentary are you into right now? Well, I mean, I, I'm always searching for stuff. Lately, I've been watching a lot of uh, the NFL Network, the uh, Football mm-hmm. Life. I just love, I think they do a great quality job on most of those. And I just binge watched a bunch of them on some of the great receivers in NFL history and learned a lot. Well, the hot one right now is Tiger King. I don't know if you've gotten into that yet on Netflix. I, I know it exists, but uh, have not delved there yet. It's a wild ride. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I'll leave it at that for now. But Steve, the all-blade girls and boys basketball teams are officially in the public domain now. And let's start with, this is the 25th edition of the all-blade teams. So there is a long list of history behind these selections and I'm sure the list of names, we could go forever on them, but how about some of those notables, some of those memorable yeah. names from some of those All-Blade teams? The uh, All-Blade team was kind of the brainchild of one of our former Blade sports editors, Bob Kenny, back in the mid-90s. He had come, uh, he had been at the Blade and worked at other newspapers on the East Coast and thought we needed to do like an All... Some of the newspapers had done their own team, not just waiting for an All-Ohio or an All-District or some coaches association team, but we pick our own teams for football and basketball. And the first all blade basketball team was back in 1996. Um, we've done it. This is the 25th year. We take the top five boys and girls players from our circulation area. It's regardless of division. It's just flat out. Who's the best players in our mind? You know, we would, some of it's our opinion. Uh, over time, we've pulled coaches and asked college coaches off the record what they thought about, you know, players in the area. And, and uh, over time, we just try to arrive at the best five. And then we also do a uh, rest of the top 25. So it's really a 25-member team, but the top five are considered the all-blade players. Some of the great ones over the years uh, people would remember from this area, William Buford from Libby. Three-time Blade Player of the Year. He was Mr. Basketball back in 2008. Had a great career at Ohio State. Ended up the uh, third leading scorer in Buckeyes history. Uh, Still playing ball overseas. Brian Roberts from St. John's, the great guard that 
was equally adept at playing the point or being a shooting guard. Had a great career at uh, University of Dayton. Played uh, pro ball overseas for a while and eventually made it to a, a career in the NBA. Um, and his teammate at the time, B.J. Raymond, another St. John's guy who played at Xavier. Nigel Hayes, everybody remembers from Whitmer not too long ago, class of 13. Great teams at Wisconsin, played in the national championship game. Mark Loving from that era, mm -hmm. another Mr. Basketball, St. John's player that went to Ohio State. Uh, didn't fare as well as uh, Nigel at the college level, but... Uh, and another St. John's guy that was a three-time, most of these guys are three-time all-blade selections, Vincent Williams from St. John's, who uh, is uh, going on with his college career now. And just to throw a name, just a name drop uh, on the 2000 team, a uh, guy that we know more from football, and he was um, one of the top guys on their 25th anniversary all-blade football team that we did back uh, um, in December. Uh, ben Roethlisberger was also mm -hmm. a great basketball player in high school, averaged about 25, 26 points a game. He was on the all-blade basketball team as well back in 2000. Some of the great girls players over the years, uh, the most notable, uh, Natasha Howard from Waite. She was a three-time all-blade player. She was our two-time player of the year. She was Ms. Basketball back in uh, 2010, led the Indians to the state championship game in Division One. Mm -hmm. Has now played in the NBA for about six seasons, won a couple titles with two different teams. Uh, she's the gold standard. And the next player, you know, that anybody would bring up in that conversation is more current, Zaya Cook, who was a Blade Player of the Year for the girls the last two years. This year, on her first season in college, played on the number one women's team in the nation down at South Carolina. And uh, although that tournament was canceled, you know, they were uh, – they were going to be probably the no overall number one seed in the tournament, and they would have been a tough out. So she might have gone from back-to-back -back state championships to an NCAA title. Um, another great player, Erica Haney, back uh, in the late 90s from Central Catholic. She was a starting guard for Notre Dame when they won the NCAA title back in 2001. Uh, Sharice Ulis, the great guard from Waite. She was a three-time All-Blade player, ended up playing at Cincinnati. Courtney Mix from Central Catholic played with Haney on those teams. Ended up playing in the Big East at Villanova, a team that beat a number one ranked UConn team, you know, during the course of her career. And more recently, Kayla McIntyre from Notre Dame, who had a great career at the University of Toledo. And one more, Kate Ochter uh, from Clay, great career at Bowling Green, four-year point guard, is in their Hall of Fame and now coaching at uh, Loyola Chicago. Just a sampling of some of the great players we've had over the years on the off-blade team. That's a sizable, but yet very tasty sample right there. I, all those names you mentioned, and whether you're a native Toledoan or not, would recognize a great number of those names. So one or two or maybe all ten of these, at some point we can look down the road in five or ten years and look back at this all-blade team that we're about to reveal and – say the same thing or similar things about. So, Steve, let's start with the all-blade girls team, the 2020 edition. We'll do this kind of in a, not a reverse order, but we'll unveil the player of the year last. And the first member of the girls 2020 all-blade team that we wanted to talk about was Madison Royal Davis of Toledo Christian. 
5'10 junior. She averaged 28 points a game and nine rebounds. And for the second straight year, really, I guess you could say third straight year, she has just been an absolute star in the Toledo area. Yeah, you know, it was uh, kind of an odd circumstance how she wound up. Uh, her, her father uh, wanted her to transfer away from Rogers for his own reasons. I'm not sure, you know, it's not for me to say, but this is a player who played uh, two great seasons for Rogers along with Zaya Cook and the clear number two player behind Zaya Cook both years as a freshman in her first game at the state tournament in the state semifinals. Madison scored 23 points and had seven rebounds. And if you ever thought the stage was going to be too big for a freshman, I mean, she proved that wrong right away. End up uh, having a little bit of an ankle injury late in that game. Did not play as well in the final that year, but still uh, was part of the state championship team in 2018. Did the same last year. And uh, she has already been second team All-Ohio as a freshman in Division II. First team All-Ohio last year as a sophomore. And this year in Division Four with Toledo Christian uh, was the Division Four Ohio Player of the Year. Phenomenal player, very quick. Just, I always thought, a very decisive player, mostly a decisive shooter. I mean, there's no um, deliberation. If she's open, she's shooting it, and most of the time it's going in. She's got a knack for grabbing rebounds, uh, getting steals, and just a, just a you know, pedal-to-the-metal type player who uh, – you know, I don't know what her future holds. If she's going to stay at Toledo Christian, if she does, they got a chance to win the D4 state title next year. There are two players between the boys and girls all-blade teams that averaged double-doubles. And one of them is Rossford's Sammy McConowitz, a 5'10 senior. She averaged just over 24 points and just over 11 rebounds per game. Yeah, Sammy is a player that... Uh, been, I think, on the Rossford varsity all four years. Sophomore year, pretty good. Last year, just kind of had a breakout year. Was over 20 points and uh, probably about nine rebounds a game as a junior. And kind of got on the radar a little bit. Not enough to draw a lot of recruiting interest at that point. But this year, just completely, you know, took it up about three more notches. 24.3 points a game, 11.6 rebounds, 105 steals. Um she is a great, for her size especially, a great ball handler and just can take over a game. She was very good at uh, involving her teammates as much as possible and, and creating, you know, you, you got to have a team to win. But when it came to crunch time, if they needed her, she had the ball. and She was either going to the rack or pulling up and hitting a jumper. And uh, that no place was that more uh, evident than the district final when they beat Rogers. It was Rogers' first tournament loss in three years. That was pretty much down the stretch all Sammy. Great player. She ended up being the Division II Ohio Player of the Year, and I, I think she earned that. The next player we're going to mention here comes from the Northern Lakes League at Northview, and that's Casey Baumhauer, a 5'9 junior. She averaged 19.4 points and 6.3 rebounds per game. Yeah, and another stat, uh, 4.9 assists. Um, she is a, uh, a very unselfish player. Uh, she gets her points uh, when it's opportune, um, a solid rebounder. 
and more importantly, or most importantly, just a team leader. Um, mm-hmm. Zero ego, as far as I can tell. She loves playing with the teammates she's with. Uh, I don't think she puts herself above a player who um, is a three-year starter that's got gotten you know visibly better each year. Nowhere more evident for her than in the district final this year. Um, a team that entered the tournament at 12 and 10. Here they are in the district final against Notre Dame, which was uh, would eventually earn their seventh Final Four berth in nine years, but went right down to the wire. I mean, and a lot of that was Casey Baumhauer late. Um, and they had a chance to beat Notre Dame, upset them, knock them out. And uh, I, I look for greater things next year. She works her tail off. She's a great player and going to get better. And she's going to wind up making somebody, I believe, at the Division One level, a pretty good basketball player in college. She's still got one more year to go at Northview, too. One player that is leaving her program as a senior now, we go down to Finley, and we talk about Caitlin Elsesser from Liberty Benton. She averaged 20.6 points per game and 7.8 rebounds, and she's on her way to go play basketball in Cincinnati now. Yeah, six foot three senior who um, is a traditional post player, uh, back to the basket, on the block, um, old school post player, which you don't see so much anymore. Um, there's the, the game is even at the women's level evolving into more of a positionless game where, you know, everybody can play every position, which shows the evolution of players skills, but Caitlin, a true post player. Um, and, uh, according to her coach, very unselfish all the time. If she gets double team, she's very adept at finding, you know, the open player for the shot. And when she does shoot, it's golden. She shot 68% from the field. And uh, by my math, that's better than two out of every three shots that she put up one in the hoop. Even better than her free throw percentage, which isn't bad at 67%. She scored 1,547 points in her career and eight, uh, 819 rebounds. Had 10 double doubles this year. And uh, I, I see a good career for her at Cincinnati. We'll see that come to fruition here shortly. But after naming those four players, we get to talk about the All-Blade Team Player of the Year, Steve. Our Blade Girls Player of the Year is Notre Dame Academy's Grace Van Sluten. Six foot two, a sophomore, 15.9 points and 8.1 rebounds per game. Yeah, Grace uh, has already put up some pretty solid performances through two years, midway through her career. Um, she's got over 30 division one, uh, college offers already. And I guess the best way to describe her is she's a budding version of like a Natasha Howard. I don't want to put that much pressure on her because there to this date, there hasn't been a Natasha Howard in Toledo, but what I mean is she's six foot two can handle the ball. She can break a press. She can set up outside. She can hit, knock down a three. She's very good at driving, and when the shot becomes open, I'm not talking about all the way, which she can also finish well, but I'm talking about those, those uh, what are usually awkward shots, like a seven-foot or a five-foot bank shot or whatever. Grace seems to have all of those. She's unselfish. She likes to get her teammates involved. Her stats uh, won't knock you out this year because she is unselfish. But I think with her, you see maybe the greatest upside of any of the players on this year's team 
and anyone since like a Zaya Cook or a Natasha Howard. She's getting that much interest at the college level. So you mentioned that upside then. Let's kind of talk about that a bit. What else does she have to develop? You know, what room is there to grow for a player like Grace? First and foremost, I think it's the outside shooting touch. If she can become like a just a really steady, at least occasional three-point shooter where she can draw defenses outside to get her. Um, if she can knock those shots down where they don't say, hey, just let her shoot from out there, then they come out, and then her greater skill of driving to the basket comes to the fore. And uh, she's got that, you know, just all over the place. I, it's just the overall mobility. Um, you're not used to seeing a player, a six foot two uh, girl women's player is kind of like a 6'10 men's player. And when you see a 6'10 guy that's able to handle the ball and break a press, you're like, wow, that's Grace on the, in the girls' game. She can do pretty much do it all. So your 2020 All-Blade Girls Basketball Team, Madison Royal Davis of Toledo Christian, Sammy McConowitz of Rossford, Casey Baumhauer of Northview, Caitlin Elsesser of Liberty Benton, and your 2020 All-Blade Girls Player of the Year, Grace Van Sluten of Notre Dame Academy. So, Steve, with that said, there's still a bunch of honorable mentions we could go through here, and the top 25 that all of these players really deserve some recognition for their accomplishments this year. You know, what are some of those players that we could really highlight at this point? And they'll all be mentioned in the web version and the print version of the All Blade release teams. I need to preface this by saying I think our the girls team, the five that we have, at least in my mind, um, and, you know, people, it's subject to debate, but I thought it was pretty clear cut this year with the girls. There are some other players that you can make a little bit of a case for to crack that top five, but I really liked our five. And when we get to the boys team, uh, I don't know if it was, if the line was that sharp, but some of the players that did not make the top five that I thought were, you know, at least considered and worth mentioning, uh, Sam Schofield from Anthony Wayne, uh, 5'8 senior, averaged 16.9 points a game. Um, Taylor Strock, a junior, 5'7 guard from Napoleon, who, uh, you know, they were 27-0 and 0 and looked like they had a shot at winning the Division II state title. Um, with Napoleon, it was more of a kind of a trio of players uh, with a couple of her teammates. Another uh, solid player I thought maybe gets lost a little bit in the shadow of Grace Van Sluten is uh, junior guard Olivia Sims at Notre Dame. 12 points, uh, 4.3 rebounds, a solid player um, on the best team in Northwest Ohio. I mean, they're Division One. They got to this Division One state final four again. Uh, a player I like that I saw late in the year in tournament play, Finley, six foot junior, Kaylee Brodine, uh, 14 and a, or 14.5 points a game, 12.7 rebounds, solid player. Uh, and some other ones just mentioning off the top of my head, Logan Love, a six foot junior from Rogers, Kate Ellis, a 5'10 uh, senior guard from Central that's going to play at the University of Finley, Kylie Griggs, a very nice guard from Perrysburg, five foot four. Stats aren't great at 10.2 points a game, but a very good leader. Jamie Schmelz at Eastwood, um, who has been a past player of the year, uh, scoring re- record holder there at Eastwood. Uh, a sophomore from Elmwood, Brooklyn Thrash, who averaged 22.7 and 8.5 this year. 
all players that, uh, you know, they're worth mentioning, but just didn't make the top five. Yeah, we talked about Van Sluten as a sophomore, Thrash as a sophomore, also a sophomore, Sophia Gray up at Bedford, a 6'2 sophomore, averaged 12.3 points and 7.1 rebounds. So three sophomores mentioned in the All-Blade and then the uh, top 25 in the girls. So congratulations to all the girls mentioned and the rest that uh, we, we didn't name by name here in the podcast. They will be featured on ToledoBlade.com and in the print version and now, Steve, as for the boys' team, we'll kind of do this a similar way where we talk about the all-blade team, we reveal the player of the year, and then our uh, top 25 here. And we talked about the history from this all-blade project, I guess, the 25 years of it. I mentioned in the girls' section where we had two players that averaged double-doubles. One of them was Sammy McConowitz at Rossford. Well, the other here... Northview, Sean Craig, he's a 6'6 sophomore for the Wildcats. He averaged 20.3 points and 13.1 rebounds per game. Yeah, Sean is a player who started last year as a freshman on Northview's varsity that went 23-1, and won the NLL title, and uh, upset early in the tournament by Perrysburg, a team they had beaten twice during the year. But uh, what stood out about Sean and that team where he was teamed with pretty much four seniors that all graduated and uh, he was left uh, this year to kind of carry on, but was that he fit in. He looked like a senior playing while he was a freshman. Now, he was not their first, second, or third scoring option. He was one of the best rebounders on the team. But you saw a little something in his game that you're like, hmm, you know, this is interesting. How good is this kid going to be eventually? This year, we got a big chunk of finding that out. Um, 20.3 points a game, 13.1 rebounds. um, Shot the ball pretty well, 60% from the field, at least inside the arc. Pretty good free throw shooter, 69%. But, I, you know, when you use the eye test on Sean, he's six foot six. Um, He's just one of those pogo stick kind of guys on the boards. You know, he's up, he's down, he's up, he's down. His hands are good. He reminds you at the end of a Dennis Rodman type player. This has a knack for rebounding, and I think that's only going to get better. Student of the game, he talks about watching a lot of film and studying games, not just current stuff, but he looks at the old timers and sees old games, old pro games, old college games, and just loves the game. Only a sophomore could still get bigger. And in my mind, of all the players on this uh, 2020 boys team, probably has the biggest upside. This guy could be pretty special and in the category with some of the best players we've had in the 25 years. Two more years to go, too, at Northview, does Sean Craig. Moving on here, the City League with some very nice representation here on the all-blade boys team. We'll start at start with Tavaz Showers, a 5'9 senior 15.1 15.1 points and three and a half rebounds per game. Yeah, a guy that I barely got to know. I mean, he came into Toledo this year. He had played uh, his previous three years up in Michigan uh, at Marshall Academy. Situation with with the school district he had grown up in in Albion, Michigan, that had kind of closed, I believe, for financial reasons. He winds up at a small school, a Division Four school up in Michigan. Uh, where I'm told by uh, starts coach Matt Wortham that he pretty much had the run of the game there. If he wanted to shoot 25, 30 times a game, you know, he had the green light. 
he comes to a start team, which is kind of the opposite of that. Matt is one of the great young coaches in our area. Um, discipline is, is the name of the game at both ends of the court. They run their stuff. They make you work. They get what they want. They have good ball handling and passing, and they really play a cerebral game. Defensive end, the same. They make you work for everything. The games are usually in the 50s. It's an entirely different situation that Tavaz came into, yet he found his way. I mean, he incorporated what he could do well, which was just light it up. He had one game this year where he had nine three-pointers um, and another game in the tournament against Finley in the district semifinal where he had eight three-point shots. A smooth lefty, little, or, you know, not a big guy at about 5'8", five, 5'9", five, but uh, he can just flat out light it up. When he is on, he's deadly. And he can create his own shot. He's one of those guys that with off the dribble, he can get you leaning one way or the other. And next thing you know, he's rising up. I, I would have liked to have seen this kid play for four years in the city league. Um, but it was a, a joy to watch him play, you know, a little bit that I did. And he certainly earned his, his, his spot on this team. And then Rogers, another city league school with two players mentioned here on the all blade boys team. We'll start with a senior Deshaun Nelson, six foot seven, average 12 and a half points and seven and a half rebounds per game. There's two players from Rogers here. And in my mind, the clear cut best team in the area this year. And I guess to back that up, I mean, start was a great basketball team. I thought, and uh, lost to Lima Senior, ended up in the regional semifinals by two points, had a shot to win at the end of the game, and Rodgers beat Start three times. This Rodgers team was a collection of very talented players, a big lineup. Um, the stats don't jump out at you because it's a, a balanced situation. Coach Rodney Martin found, found a way to you know, make sure that these guys shared the ball. Deshaun Nelson is a third-year starter at Rogers, six foot seven. Um, he's a gamer. I mean, the stats you can throw out the window because what this guy's all about is just trying to win basketball games. Um, when he's motivated, which is pretty much every time he takes the court, um, he's a defensive stopper. Um, very evident. They had a big district final game against Sandusky, and uh, he he played like a like a college senior in that game. I thought. Um, pretty good around the basket. He's got to develop some uh, shooting range at the next level. He, he just committed, or uh, he's going to play junior college ball down in Texas. But uh, stats aside, I'd have him in my lineup, and that's why he's on the All Blade team. Yeah, and then one more Rogers product here: Jemiah Neal, six foot six junior, ten point nine points, seven point four rebounds per game. I got the backtrack here because. To set the stage for Jemiah, he is a guy that played quite a bit at St. Francis as a freshman two years ago. Played a lot or started last year for the Knights on a 18 and 6 team, one of the better teams in the area. Um, people may remember him for the uh, uh, a delay of a game where uh, it ended up being played over two days because Jemiah threw down a dunk that shattered a backboard over at St. Francis. And they had to come back and play Lima uh, Senior on another night to finish the game. But uh, the thing that impressed me the most about him this year, when the team had their senior point guard, Keaton Wyatt, before he went down with a knee injury, Jemiah was kind of like a, a three or a, maybe a two at times. 
Um, and just, you know, the game came to him a little bit. When Keaton went out, the team struggled for a while. He needed a point guard. And he, at six foot six, he became the new point guard. And I got to tell you, when they played Sandusky, this guy um, put, he had a highlight reel of a game, showed a, a 10.9 points a game, 7.4 rebounds. You can throw that out the window. This guy can flat out play. He's got uh, scholarship offers already from UT, Akron, and Kent State. Expect a lot more. He's got another season to play, and uh, you know this—he's—he's he's got a great upside. Do you expect more from non-max schools or non-mid-major schools? You know, if you were there to see him play that Sandusky game, you got the full array, array of what he can do. First of all, he was like the leader in that game. It was a very chaotic, hectic game. Teams that were really amped up to play, um, a lot of athleticism on the floor needed to be brought under control. And he was the guy I thought more than anybody from Rogers that kind of kept them cohesive. And they won that game by 14 points. He had 17. He had a couple like highlight reel dunks and hit a couple threes. And uh, he is the real deal. He's got another year to go. I'd like to see him put a little um, muscle on him um, because uh, I don't know where he's going to play at the next level. It could be as a, a shooting guard. He could be a small forward. And, of course, these days with positionless basketball, he's, he's tailor-made for that. So we'll see what happens in one more year of development for Neil. But for now, it's time to unveil our Blade Boys Basketball Player of the Year. This is – you could shed more light on this for me momentarily, but I feel like this one was another one of those uh, tough-to-call moments, or maybe it wasn't. And regardless – your 2020 Blade Player of the Year on the boys' side is Joey Holyfield of Cardinal Stritch, a 6'3 senior, 22.4 points per game and 8.9 rebounds per game. Yeah, and I think if there's any question mark, it's the fact that Stritch plays Division Three, you know, Ohio basketball. Um, they play in a league that has pre- primarily uh, Division Four schools in it. So you're saying, you know, uh, how does he match up with some of these other guys? But uh, I can easily project Joey on any team in the area, and he would be one of the best and probably the best, most complete player on any of the teams. He had uh, 1,716 career points. This is a four-year starter. Um, He played on teams that got to two regionals. They got to the state semifinals last year. They don't get there without him hitting a clutch three-pointer at the buzzer of regulation against an unbeaten Genoa team to uh, just to get to overtime. They end up winning in double overtime, winning their two regional games. And he got down to Columbus, and on that, that, you know, under the big lights there, he uh, 22 points and nine rebounds. He's the best player on the court. They lost the game by a few points to uh, uh, Cleveland Heights, Lutheran East. But uh, Joey this year had to be like the guy. Last year they had they lost four seniors from that team that are currently playing in college. He is I, the only way to describe him for a guy that's averaged twenty two point four points a game is an unselfish player, not accustomed to being one of these give me the ball take over. He gets his his points the most efficient way possible. I mean, he shot 56% from the field, 
doesn't shoot a lot of threes. I think just about 15 all year. Shoots 82% from the foul line. Gets there a lot. Um, 8.9 rebounds, 3.4 assists. But all that aside, it takes a, a back seat to his best skill, which is defensively. He is, bar none, the best defensive player in the area. He can guard a, a five foot nine point guard or a six foot six post player. And whoever he is assigned to is going to have a rough night. They're not going to, I, you know, Zeb Jackson last year was the player of the year in Division Four from Maumee Valley, went down to play at uh, down in Florida, one of the top teams in the country. And I don't know that Zeb ever had more. I don't know if he ever had double digits in a game because Joey Hollifield guarded him. Mm-hmm. And that's his true strength. He is the guy. He's going to Division One Oakland University. I think they expect him to play right out of the gate. I don't know if he'll start, but he'll certainly contribute. And all that said, even though he's a Division Three player, he is the most complete player in this 2020 team. So there's your all-blade boys team. Sean Craig of Northview, Tavaz Showers of Start, Deshaun Nelson of Rogers, Jemiah Neal of Rogers, and your 2020 Blade Boys Basketball Player of the Year, Joey Holyfield from Cardinal Stritch. And Steve, the Boys Top 25 mentions some really high-profile names, at least here in the Toledo area. Uh, we got a pair of players from Evergreen, and then we have a 30-point scorer that missed the cut for the boys' team, which shows just exactly how strong that field was. Yeah, and if you were going to look to weed out somebody from the five that we have selected, statistically it would be Deshaun Nelson, Jemiah Neal. But in my mind, when you see these guys, it was just because of the nature of the team and how they played. Stats weren't going to you know, be in abundance anywhere. It was hard for me to imagine anybody on this next tier that was a better player than the, than those two. I mean, it's just they're that good athletically, so you had to throw the stats out the window. And when you're talking about stats, Joe Lito from uh, Erie Mason, who was probably the next guy on the, on, the, on the cusp of making the team, 30 points a game, six and a half rebounds. He's going to Detroit Mercy. Um, didn't get to see him at all in person. Um, so my bad on that. Did see him play on VCSN. It's a, it, I, I know they did play Cardinal Stritch last year. It was kind of a lopsided game. And uh, that maybe biased me a little bit. But a fine player. I'm not going to sell him short. Supposed to be one of the best uh, shooters in the area, bar none. Another guy I liked a ton. Uh, Mason Leffler from Evergreen. Uh, they ended their season still alive in the tournament. They were one spot away from getting to the Division Three Final Four. Great shooter. Um, he, he could use a little work on the inside game, but uh, he is, you know, he was right there. Jack Alexander, a point guard um, from Oak Harbor, tremendous player, 18 and a half points a game. People remember him probably better from football. He was the quarterback and defensive back that took the Rockets all the way to the state final four and uh, division five. Jackson Sizemore, 6'8 kid from Perrysburg, uh, 14 points, 4.6 rebounds. Another solid player. And Nate Brighton, the forward from Evergreen, 6'5, great player. Um, a lot of guys that were on the cusp. Zach 
Shule from Anthony Wayne, 17 points a game, six rebounds, NLL Player of the Year, uh, A.J. Adams from Finley. Um, all these guys, you could make a case for uh, being on that all-blade team, but uh, you got to draw the line somewhere. That's not to say that all of these players that we're talking about and that are in the print and the web versions of these uh, written stories are not worthy of mention because they all certainly are. Steve, there it is. There's the old blade teams. And I know that within the next week or so here, we and you and the powers that be are going to come up with the all blade of the all blade, if you will, teams that uh, we're going to break down here within the next week or so. Yeah. Back in the football season, um, it just it was the 25th year for our all blade football team and i had the idea why don't we pick you know the best 25 players of the last 25 years so we did that um pretty well read a lot of it brought up a lot of um talk i think in the community got a lot of feedback on that a lot of great football players so being this this being the 25th basketball team thought hey why not let's follow through let's do the same thing I'm going to, it's going to be hard. I have, you know, I've done the, just the preliminary research, looking back at uh, the first thing I wanted to do was make sure we had everybody who'd ever made an all blade team going back 25 years, just to get the candidates list together and then pair them down and come up with, you know, who is the best five that we've had in the last 25 uh, years, boys and girls. So, It'll be interesting. I can't say that I picked it yet. I think some of the people will probably be able to guess who's going to be on those teams. Uh, it doesn't take a rocket science to, scientist to figure that out. But uh, in, within the next couple of weeks, we'll have that in the blade, and uh, people should look forward to that and see how their lists compare with ours. When it does drop, we'll see what happens. I'm excited to read it. I'm excited to get to know some of these other players that you know maybe – Going back 25 years, I don't want to say that we forgot about, but maybe we haven't talked about in a while. So I'm excited to do that for sure. Uh, in the meantime, congratulations to the boys and the girls that were selected to the 2020 All-Blade teams. Unfortunately, the you know season didn't come to the end that we all wanted it to. There's no state champions crowned. We know what's going on with the OHSAA and the coronavirus situation. It's really all over the country now. It's not just Ohio. So, yeah, and Corey, that brings something to mind here. Uh, something we did not mention. Um, we also every year, in addition to picking a boys and girls player of the year, we also always pick a coach of the year for each. And the two coaches uh, selected were two of the ones that, you know, they were still alive when the tournament ended. On um, the girls' side, Corey Kreinbrink from Napoleon. His team was 27 and 0. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I really solidly believe that they had as good a chance as any of that final or that final four group to win it all and finish 29 and 0. He is the 2020 blade girls coach of the year. And on the boys side, Evergreens, Jerry Kiefer, a guy that's been around for 27 years. Uh, he's been going to state tournaments uh, for about 36 years and he's always dreamed about getting there. He was one win away from that, and they were set to play Ottawa Glandorf on, uh, back on March 14th. That game never came to be with the uh, coronavirus outbreak. Season shut down, or first it was postponed and then permanently canceled. But uh, Jerry, um, 
368 career wins um, and a great 25 and one season this year is mm -hmm. our Blade Boys Coach of the Year. Congrats to Coach Kreinbrink. Congrats to Coach Kiefer. Both well-deserved, and it's wild to think that we're already turning the corner into spring here, and if there was a madness to behold, then it would be coming to a close here within the next week, or within the next few days, I should say. So we're already turning that corner into spring, and you know we'll see what happens with the coronavirus outbreak and you know, in regards to the spring sports, but at least for the winter sports, we can try to put them to bed as best as we can here. So uh, any final thoughts from you, Steve, before we get out of here on this special edition of the Glass City Game Time podcast? No, my only thought is like with the rest of the nation is uh, just uncertainty. How long is this going to go on? Um, there's no real conclusive timetable. You can maybe get a little idea of what's happening in China. But this is a thing that's going to have to run its course. Um, it's pretty evident to me that we are completely at the mercy of it for the time being. And for several months, it could be something that even a year from now, we're having some kind of an impact. Mm -hmm. It casts a lot of uh, doubt on spring sports. I'm not really seeing how any of that's going to happen this year, Ohio, Michigan, other states. Um, they're holding out hope that maybe if something breaks, they can do something in May. But uh, my mind, not likely. I think it's, you know, we've seen the end for this year, and we can only hope that uh, as we get into late summer, heading towards fall, there's some possibility of having the fall sports and having, you know, America's game, which is football. Um, I'm not sure that's going to happen either. So these are pretty dark days, and uh, they call for a lot of patience from everyone. Uh, everybody has to do their part, not on, so much on the front lines, but on the back lines of just stay home and stay healthy and don't infect other people. And that gives us the best shot. So sports wise, um, I'm a sports guy. I've been at the, you know, at this uh, profession for 35 years. And mm -hmm. uh, there's just um, not a lot of brightness right now. We're, uh, we're hoping like everybody else that things get back to normal. Just don't know when. At least in sports. I mentioned this with Kyle the other day. We can put sports on the back burner for now. It's about taking care of ourselves and our and each other and our communities. And we'll be able to get back to sports. It's just a matter of when we'll be able to. I did read today that the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine, there's a potential candidate for a coronavirus vaccine. And it, it could be a breakthrough. We don't know yet. They still have to send it to testing. But Every day we're learning new things, whether it's good or bad. And uh, I think the more that the masses, and that includes you and I, can become educated and can become informed, then the closer I think we get to getting towards the other side of this, the bright side of this, is where we want to be. So stick through it for now. Steve, stay safe. I know you and your family are working through it just as everybody else is. I'm out here in Toledo to keep it in touch closely with my family as much as I can. So uh, maintain your safe distance, your social distance and uh, stay safe, Steve. You too, Corey. Great. Thank you. you. As always, thank you. Appreciate your insight. And uh, we look forward again on ToledoBlade.com and on blade news slide. Those of you listening in, you could check out the full list of the all blade teams, both boys and girls. 
If you enjoyed this episode of Glass City Game Time or you want to find previous episodes of this podcast, please remember to subscribe anywhere where podcasts are found. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, on Spotify. We're available on ToledoBlade.com and on Blade News Slide. Every week, our weekly editions of Glass City Game Time drop every Thursday, but this obviously a special edition for the all-Blade basketball team. Please remember to leave a like rating and share this episode or previous episodes if you enjoyed the show. So, for Steve Junga, my name is Corey Christen. This has been a special episode of Glass City Game Time, and we'll talk to you later this week.